Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. We had been discussing chapter 17, Sraddha Treya Vibhagi Yoga, Yoga of three types of Sraddha. Previously in chapter 14, we talked about Gunatraya, three types of Gunas. We have basically discussed that this Prakriti, which is a product of Maya, exhibits these three qualities of Maya, Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. And therefore, everything related to the Prakriti has these three qualities of Maya. So now we have talked about three types of Sraddha. Everyone has faith in something, but that is depending upon his own conviction. So Bhagavan in the beginning said, that as the faith, so is the person. Whatever my convictions are, my life will be driven by that, and that's the type of a person I would become. Then he says that, as the person, so is his faith. And what I have become as a, as a person, my sraddha will be more reinforced by my own personality. If I have a faith in business, then I will pursue everything from a business point of view. And if I have faith in cultural activities, I'll pursue everything through that aspect. So Bhagavan said that each one's sadda is depending upon his own mental makeup. That mental makeup is our personality. He said that drives everything the person does, including the type of food he eats, type of sacrifices he performs, tapas he performs, and also the dhanam, the charities he gives. In other words, our entire life will revolve around our convictions, our sraddha. So Bhagavan started with describing the ahara, the food which a person likes, is depending on his sraddha, his conviction, his personality, his tendency. A sattvic person will choose the food which is sattvic from a perspective that he will plan what food will give me longer life, healthy life, will sustain my body better. Nigdaha, Rashyaha. The person plans for what is the purpose of my eating and will decide what food will give that fulfillment. So it is sattvic ahar. We have discussed many times that ahar itself is not sattvic, but my mental mood will choose that type of food which gives nourishment. Then he said, when you have a rajasic tendency, a rajasic mood, then I'll pick the food which is bitter, sour, pungent, basically tasty as we call it in a day-to-day life. A quick gives me satisfaction. We have learned two terms before in Bhagavad Gita, prayas and sreyas. Prayas is that feels good. 
instantaneously as prayers, but may not be good for me. It may be good, may not be good for me. Other for the shreyas, that is may not be enjoyable, may not be comfortable, but is always good for me. So the sattvic person will take the food which is shreyas, which is always good for him. It may not be as tasty, but always good. Rajasic person will take the food which feels good. In the tamasic person, he says he will take anything that is available. Does not care whether it is fresh, whether it is healthy, it is nutritious. As long as it is something eatable, I'll eat it. So that's the tamasic person. So the ahar is also depending on the person's mood, his conviction. So sraddha basically is your conviction. What is good for me? Then we talked about yagna. Yagna loosely defined as the ritual which you perform. And Swamiji says that in Vedic period that was a defining ritual for disciplining your mind and your actions. Where you get together, have this fire, and you offer things into the fire is the yagna. In today's time, we have replaced that into our puja and prayer. But yagna, in a broad term, is all the activities which our efforts we are offering. Kaya navacha, manasa indriyeva. Whatever I'm doing it by my body, by my my speech, my mind, my senses, is all yagna basically. In Bhagwan, I offer all of them to you. So we talked about yagna. So yagna also, when you are doing it without any expectation of the fruits, is sattvic. You are doing it to showing off. Is rajasic. I'm doing good, but to show off. I want to a big puja, but if the people don't show up, I don't feel good about it. Well, I raised all that nobody came because they were doing it to show off. How great a puja we have! And then the third one, tamasic. He said. Without any kind of a procedure, vidhi, avidhi purvakam. Even I don't have a faith whether this is of any value, but people said I should do it out of fear. If I don't do it, Bhagwan may punish me. So we go to the temple now. In the olden temple, it was much easier. All gods were on the one altar. So you go and do namaskar. All of them accept at the same time. And now it's a big problem. New temple. Even though I designed it, but my clients had the brief. What kind of temple you should have? So now I go there and they do namaskar one Bhagwan. Then I'm a little concerned that maybe the guards on two sides <laughs> may not be very happy that I just came here and did that. So then we start taking a round from either clockwise or anti-clockwise. Either I start from Ganapati and go all the way and come back to the Durga Mata. Or start with the Hanumanji, but we want to make sure that nobody is left, including Parasnathji. Even though I'm not Jain, but might as well, you know, safety factor, you know, take care of it. I designed a Islamic mosque on Hungary Road. I was telling, I said one day I want to come down to your Jumma Namaz, you know. Is he? Yeah, yeah. What's up? Aye. Because if you don't go to the heaven through Hindu way of, you can go to the Jannat 
because now you are part of our community because you designed our mosque. So I said, no, no, I want to cover all the bases. So I've designed all faith temples. I've done a Jain temple. I did a Gurdwara. I did church. I have mosque. Only thing left is synagogue now. So someday some Jews can. And a fire temple. I don't know whether there's any architect. You know, cover all your bases. And others are doing it. Might as well do it because kind of safety that we have taken care of that part. Bhagavan the Yagnas are like that. And now, Bhagavan is discussing three types of tapas. But before he gets into the three types of tapas, he is defining what tapas is. Because that's the one term we all have difficulty. Obviously, when somebody says he is doing tapas, the image comes in our mind is somebody sitting folded legs, eyes closed, sitting on Himalaya or some solitary place. That's the tapas. You know. So are you doing tapas? No, I'm not doing tapas. Yeah, I'm not going to Himalaya. But once said tapas is something very different. It's a way of life. How you conduct your life becomes tapas. So we are all doing tapas in our own way. But it may again fall into this either sattvic, rajasic or tamasic but before we categorize our tapas, Bhagavan said, you must know what tapas is all about. So, verse 14 now defines what kinds of tapas you perform. Deva, Dvija, Guru, Pragna, Poojanam, Saucham, Arjavam, Brahmacharyam, Ahinsacha, Shariram Tapauchyate. As we have said, we perform actions through our body, our mind, and our speech. So let's define what is the physical tapas in our actions. So in our actions, what is considered tapas, Bhagavan says, Deva, Dvija, Guru, Pragna, Pujanam. Worshipping Deva, divine beings, Dvija, twice born, and Guru, your teacher, and pragna, wise people. Worshipping these four categories of people or beings. So Deva, we all know, divine gods, we call it. But they divine beings. Divine beings' guidance when I follow, it becomes my worship to them. So worship we have defined is not just a physical act of worshipping, but when we follow the path they have shown. My worship to my guru would be if I follow the path he prescribed and teachings he taught, then I am worshipping. If I do everything opposite, but say I am following my guru, then obviously it's not. So somebody asked Swamiji, because we had talked about Ahara, and it was amazing that we didn't get into argument about non-veg and veg in this class. Because previous classes we always did argument. So somebody asked Swamiji, that Swamiji, there are your devotees who are coming to Chinmaya Mission, but they are non-vegetarian. So what do you call them? Swamiji says, they are not my devotees, they are my admirers. So Bhagavan said that if you worship these four types of people, you are basically following the path prescribed by them. Deva, basically the divine beings. Then Dvija, twice born. We have discussed Dvija, twice born. Brahmins are considered twice born. 
this concept is in almost all cultures. We have born again Christians. And the same, the Yagnopoit, the threat ceremony, the Jewish people also have it. That's an initiation. That ceremony for a Brahmachari, a Brahmin, is initiation into Brahma Vidya. So you have a physical birth, and then you have birth as an intelligent being. What defines us from the animals is our free will and our intellect. So when you are pursuing the path intellectually towards your highest goal, that considers second birth. So when we pursue any study from KG onward, that's your second birth. If you never go to KG, never go to school, you will become a very different type of a person. The Bhagavad says, Dvijaha, those who have initiated themselves in a Brahma Vidya and pursue Brahma Vidya, they are the Dvija, they are the twice born. Not just because I was born in a Brahmin family, but because that initiation took place and I have pursued that path. Guru, teacher. We basically define as teacher, but the guru word has a very unique meaning. Guru means darkness, Ru is remover. One who removes darkness is a guru. So even physics and mathematics, my ignorance of mathematics was removed by my mathematics teacher. So he's my guru for mathematics. But the, the highest guru is the one who gives me the self-knowledge. So people who remove the darkness of my ignorance, they are my gurus and I worship them. Worship them, I follow their prescription of how to live life and how to think. Pragna, wise people. We have advice from wise people throughout the history from each culture and every culture. And all of them are guidance for the generations to come to how to live life in a civilized society. So when I follow that, then I'm obviously worshipping them. The Pujanam, pursuit of life is to follow the teachings of all these people. And then Stauchum Arjavam, Stauchum cleanliness. Swamiji points out not just the cleanliness at the body level or just my personal cleanliness, but environmental cleanliness. Environment around me should be clean also. And arjum, straightforwardness. When I say something, people should be able to understand what I'm saying. I shouldn't have a hidden agenda. It's like somebody asked Madhavai when Gandhiji was going round table conference. He said, he must be preparing for days for this conference. Madhavai said, my Madhavai is secretary. So Madhavai said, no, he never prepares for anything because he says what he thinks and he does what he says. So he never has to prepare for anything. He goes and says what he thinks. So that's a straightforwardness. Simple, if you say something, people should be able to take it for granted that this is the truth. Straightforwardness. Brahmacharyam. Definition given is Brahmani Charati Iti Brahmachari. Brahmani, one who revels in Brahman. Constantly his thought is towards Brahman, the supreme goal. So it's like mission statement. Like Chinmaya mission is maximum happiness for maximum people for maximum time. Chinmaya mission's goal is to teach people how to live a happy life. That's the mission statement. So Brahmacharya is mission statement when I start my life. 
my initiation into that brahma vidya that that is the highest goal and everything i do will be towards the highest goal so we ask our children what do you want to become when you grow up i want to be a doctor if that's really his goal everything that child does will have to lead towards that goal in the same way brahmacharya is the goal of a brahmachari that he wants to achieve the state of being one with the brahman and in this life is an opportunity given to me so everything he does he revels in brahman is a brahmachari so the brahmacharya ahimsa non injury my actions should not hurt other people there are times very beginner of the class we had facility management problem we had bees in the sivam class and when i said everything aside you know take care of this bees Now I'm really torn. Should I kill the bees or should I throw it out? So try to catch that bee which is flying around. It took me a while to catch it and throw it. So ahimsa is non-injury. But Swamiji says that physical non-injury, complete non, is impossible. You will have to perform some ahimsa to live your life. But ahimsa is the motive behind your action. If the motive behind your action is to hurt somebody that's hinsa but the motive is to help someone it may seem very hinsak but it may not be the standard example is soldier killing in a battlefield he is not there to kill people he is there to protect his country and defend his country so we want to say ahinsa the motive behind your actions should be non injury to all just sariram tapo uchyate this is the tapas at the physical level which everybody can see your actions and say okay that's how he's living life that's the saririk tapas the next he says an udvega karam vakyam i may be very ahimsak but my speech very harsh that may hurt people therefore an udvega karam vakyam my speech should not be agitating anybody an udvega karam vakyam satyam priya hitam cha yat there is a lot of emphasis about telling the truth but we have all these conundrums asked by people what if uh, a murderer is after a lady and she is taking refuge in her house and he asks whether she is here would you tell him whether she is here or not and we have to know we are not supposed to tell a murderer come and kill she is hiding here so satyam should be priya hitam chayat it should be good sounding also for the benefit of someone your speech should be anudvegakaram it should be truthful but at the same time it should be pleasant benefit to somebody swadhyaya abhyasanam cha eva swadhyaya abhyasan swadhyaya is introspection but swadhyay abhyasanam is to know your nature by reading the scriptures i right now have no idea what my real self is so the standard question is who are you and we can keep answering question about i am an architect and no no that's a profession i am such and such son that's a relationship at the end when somebody says who are you there is no answer we have because everything we say comes to some kind of a relationship some kind of possession 
इवन मैं से दिस इज मी से दैट्स योर बॉडी हु आर यू तो भगवान से स्वाध्याय अभ्यासनम बाय लर्निंग हु आई एम थ्रू द विजडम ऑफ आवर स्क्रिप्चर्स उपनिषद भगवत गीता स्टडी ऑफ दैट इज स्वाध्याय अभ्यासनम Eva vak mayam tapa uchyate that consider as a tapas at the speech level manaha prasadaha samyatvam maunam atma vinigraha bhava sansuddhi iti tat tapah manasam uchyate in the tapas the mental level so tapas at our actions level at our physical level how we conduct our life how we speak and how we think mana prasad ha is cheerful mind if my mind is constantly grouchy then nothing of the other two can be performed saririk tapas or tapas speech or can remember grouchy whatever i say will come out as grouchy mana prasad ha mind is cheerful saumyatvam and serene mind the mind in equilibrium whatever comes it judges exactly what it is not puts its additional layer of judgment that the samyatvam maunam silence not in the speech level because it didn't come in speech it came in mind the biggest noise we hear is our own mind creating noise there is constant background noise going on in our mind i may be doing something but mind is thinking about i may be talking to somebody but rather than focusing on what we are talking my mind goes into that person's life history last time what he did he did not do this so this background noise creates agitations in my own mind bhagwan said its mind should be silent no additional thoughts other than that which i am engaged in right now in the activity that i am engaged in right now if i am straight forward then whatever i am doing i'll be focusing on that atma vinigraha self control even my senses my mind my intellect all are tuned with each other that's a self control the intellect says something mind wants to do something else senses tells me something else and there is a noise going on all over to bhagwan said atma vinigra self control is very necessary to do the mana prasada samyatvam mana i cannot be cheerful in my mind if i don't have self control bhava sansuddhi bhava emotions intentions with what bhava i am doing thing i saw the india ka raja's advertisement yesterday we cook with love we talk about it all the time the cooking with love makes all the difference how the food is received by people who eat so this bhava sansuddhi with what type of emotions and intentions i work in this world and think about things that's very important bhava sansuddhi iti tapah manasam uchyate that is considered tapas at the mental level so none of them really said i have to sit down folded leg close my eyes it's a plan of how you live your life how you act in this world outside how you talk to people how you talk in general and how you think is the entire scheme of tapas at the body level at the speech level and the mind level we'll stop right here 
सर्वे भवन्तु सुकिना सर्वे संतु निरामया सर्वे भद्राणि पश्यन्तु मा कश्चिद् दुख भाग भवे ओम शांति 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 हरिहियो श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः हरिहियो